Today, we begin the podcast with some really highbrow stuff. Exploding watermelons. Now, what other faith podcast gives you stuff like that? We attend a sold-out sporting event in North Korea. We ponder exactly how many times are we going to have to attend that sporting event in North Korea. We discover something Jesus didn't say, but did say something else like it, all on the way to answering the question, can playing the lottery make me generous? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. I was watching television quite a few years ago, actually a couple of decades ago, and the comedian Gallagher had his own Showtime special. He was the comedian who was famous for smashing watermelons with a giant wooden mallet as a part of his show, and the people on the front row would cover up with sheets of plastic because the exploding watermelons and other fruit that he would destroy would spray onto people in the first couple of rows. As I was watching this comedy special starring him, he said something that jumped out at me. He said, the lottery is a tax on people who can't do math. Now, if you're like me, and you probably aren't, but if you happen to be, it may take just a second for that joke to sink in. I think partly the reason it takes a moment for it to sink in is the reality of the lottery really doesn't sink in for most of us. Okay, here's the reality. If you sat in the largest stadium in the world, in North Korea, no, you don't get to ask why you're sitting in a stadium in North Korea, and it seats 150,000 people. Okay, for those of you who are very literal or looking it up right now, yes, it doesn't seat 150,000 people anymore. I think it's undergone a renovation and no longer seats that many people. But let's just say you've taken a time machine and you can go back in time to visit a sporting event at this stadium when it seated 150,000 people. And no, you still don't get to know why. Just stay with me here. Imagine the stadium is full and one ticket will be drawn. One person in the 150,000-person stadium will win a million dollars. When the drawing is held, you will probably look at your ticket just to check. But you're hardly going to be holding your breath. The odds, well, the odds just aren't in your favor. One in 150,000 people hardly seems like anything to get excited about. Now imagine that you have to fill that same stadium another 2,000 times, all with unique people. And the winning ticket will be drawn amongst that entire population. One winner in 2,000 stadiums filled with 150,000 people each. Does that seem like good odds? Well, no, obviously not. But that's roughly the odds of winning the lottery. So here's the interesting question. If those are odds, why buy a ticket? You're more likely, literally, to be killed by a vending machine. Who even knew that was a thing? Your chance of being killed by a vending machine is 1 in 112 million. You are far more likely to die from that than you are to buy a winning lottery ticket. Yet, there are lots of us, and I mean a lot of us, who are buying these tickets. So to follow up on Gallagher's, thoughts. And to follow up on our question, are we just all bad at math? Well, no, not all of us. 
I've certainly seen stories about some people who, when the lottery gets really big and they're in financial trouble, they sell their things, their car, their guitar, their valuables, to raise as much money as they can and to buy as many lottery tickets as they can in hopes of getting out of debt. And that, that's a truly horrible plan. Most of us, though, buy a lottery ticket because we're participating in a fantasy. I've done it myself. I buy a ticket when the winnings, when the jackpot gets really high. And I don't really believe that I'm going to win the jackpot. But for a couple of days before the drawing, as I hold that ticket, I get to participate, well, in a fantasy. The largest lottery jackpot of all time was $1.5 billion. The cash payout would have been right at a billion dollars. If you won the lottery, you would literally be an instant billionaire. Well, until you paid taxes, but you'd still have an obscene amount of money available. I was reading Facebook some time ago, and here was a post I read by somebody on Facebook. I wish I could win the lottery, be a billionaire, and then I could help people who need it. Heart emoji. At first, I was skeptical about the sincerity of this person's post. I read, I wish I could win the lottery, be a billionaire, and then I could help people who need it. And I'm sorry, I thought, yeah, sure you would. But then, then I saw the heart emoji, and I knew this person was actually sincere. It changed everything. Okay, all right, I apologize. My cynical side is emerging, and it's not nice, so I apologize. And as Jesus said, people who live in glass houses should not throw stones. No, wait, maybe that's not right. Something seems wrong about that. Yeah, he lived 2,000 years ago. How many glass houses existed? Okay, that would, that would be none. Wow, I was pretty sure he said something about not throwing stones. Oh, yeah, he said, let he who is without sin throw the first stone. Okay, same message, different millennium. Anyway, my point being is that I am definitely not without sin and I live in a glass house. This person who posted on Facebook is actually expressing my thoughts as well. When I've purchased a lottery ticket, I'm filled with noble sentiments about how I'm going to change the world if I win. I dream about how I will rescue abused animals, feed the hungry, help the poor with housing, and countless other worthy ideas. And here's the problem. The problem isn't that we have these ideas. They're wonderful, worthy, and can make a real difference in the world. The problem is that I have a dream of being a more generous and loving person. Still a noble goal. But I'm waiting for some astronomically improbable event to occur before I start becoming the person I long to be. So let's jump to Scripture for a second. Let's look at a passage from 2 Corinthians, which chapter 9, beginning at the 6th verse. It says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Okay, this on the surface has that whole, if you give, God will make you rich feel to it. But I think that's a misread of what we're supposed to learn from this passage. The interesting thing about the lottery is that it can, in our imaginations, solve a host of problems. 
It can improve our wealth, our looks, our athleticism, our generosity. If I would just win the lottery, I'd have time to get in shape. I'd finally be able to hire a physical trainer. Yep, if I won the lottery, I'd be much healthier. I'd be able to run all the time. I'd get medals for the runs I participated in. But strangely enough, money doesn't make you an accomplished runner. Running does. I'd be really generous and change the world if I won the lottery, if I had more money. And just like money can't make you a great runner, it won't make you generous either. If you want to be generous, then start giving. Work on giving, not because you have to or feel obligated to, but because you genuinely want to be a generous person. Remember the passage from 2 Corinthians. Each of you should give what you've decided to in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And here's the kicker. The next part of the passage says, and God is able to bless you abundantly. Now, here's the really interesting part. Notice that this passage says, if you give cheerfully, that God will become involved in blessing you. Actually, that's not what it says. It doesn't say, do this, and God will do that. There is no implied quid pro quo to this at all. Be generous, and God will make you rich. This passage says none of that. This passage says, give cheerfully and generously, and here are the actual words, God is able to bless you. Isn't that a strange twist of words? If we aren't generous, God isn't able to bless us. Now, let's be clear. God can do whatever God wants to do, including offer us blessings when we're stingy and selfish. So when it applies that God isn't able to bless us if we aren't generous in our lives, I understand that to mean we have closed ourselves off and are unable to receive the fullness of the blessings that God is offering us. In other words, God can't break through our stinginess. Now, obviously, I have railed against the lottery, not because it's an enormous problem, but because it's emblematic of a greater problem. Many of us sit around hoping to be a better version of ourselves, waiting for something to happen. When I get a better job, when I live in a better place, when I get a raise, When I win the lottery, when something happens to me, I will become the person I intend to be. And yet, and yet life in Scripture teaches a different lesson. If you want to be more well-read, well, then the way to do that is to read. And if you want to be a better runner, then you should run. And if you want to be more generous and loving person, the only way to achieve that is to give and to love selflessly a lot. And then, not only do we actually become the person we want to become, but the Bible is clear that we open ourselves up to enjoying life, appreciating the gifts that God is surrounding us with every day. The probability of winning the lottery is roughly 1 in 300 million. The odds of transforming our lives if we practice regular generosity? 100%. That's all for today. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you get notified for future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for SkyPilot FaithQuest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, 
My email address is dan at skypilot.zone, and I'd love to hear from you. And remember, on your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.